for tuning in to Walton Biz Talk today. I'm Jesse Schneeblin, and I'm here with my co-host, Summer Stahlbomber. Hello. <laughs> and today we're here with Eric Jones. Eric is the CEO of LFLS Shoes. Oh, you got it right. Yeah, I got yeah. it right. <laughs> Um, which actually stands for like father, like son, right? Yep. One take right. <laughs> Welcome, Eric, and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Let's just start off by having you tell us just a little bit about yourself. Cool. I guess I can start with uh, where I'm from. So uh, I was born and raised in uh, Helena, Arkansas, real poor, underrepresented area, southeast Arkansas. Uh, growing up in a house with like roaches, rats, holes in the wall, different things like that. Uh, you know, it was kind of hard trying to see a better life. Mm-hmm. I guess. That was like outside of Helena. Uh, school systems weren't that good, and really my daily routine was like work, school, and help my mom take care of my grandma back home because uh, she had became bedridden. So I, I had to mature early and uh, kind of grow up and you know not have the normal childhood. And uh, in 2010, my grandma ended up passing. So you know that hit me pretty hard because she uh, had taken care of me while my mom was working two or three mm-hmm. jobs to make ends meet and stuff like that. And uh, I was in high school, so I was trying to get ready for college, not knowing where I was going to go to college because you know we didn't really know anything about you know any. University of Arkansas or, you know, right. even in Jonesboro, we didn't know about that college. So just trying to pre- prepare for that and my mom not, you know, being, she didn't go off to a big university and all that, have that good education. Uh, and my dad didn't either, my, bio- my, my biological father. Uh, so my stepdad was in the house and he was a pastor. Mom was first lady. I played the drums in church. So I come from a church background and that's kind of where my, my look came from, the dapper look. So yeah, yeah it just stuck with me as I got older. And uh, I really just fell in love with it and graduated 2013 from high school. I uh, got connected with the multicultural center up here mm-hmm. on campus. Uh, they helped me out with ACT Academy, um, get my ACT score up, and also getting some scholarships to get in school up here because, you know, from the Delta, it's not really a lot of opportunity to like get out and uh, see, like I was saying, a better life. So they helped with that and uh, they do a really good job with that. So, you know, they're a blessing to everyone that's in that area. So um, when I graduated high school, got to college, my dad ended up passing in 2013 when I, when I graduated. Had to go back home for that funeral, then came back for college. And uh, like I was mentioning before, I major, I started off in business, mm-hmm. and I didn't really like business, so I switched to uh, fashion because my advisor told me about that. They like my style, sound like kind of fashion for it, so I should try this major. I was like, all right, cool, I'll try it out. and just <laughs> stuck with that. And um, kind of like the entrepreneurial um, spirit started growing when I thought about how my mom was struggling and stuff and how mm-hmm. she had a cap on like her success and what she was worth and stuff like that. So I didn't want that for my life uh, and I didn't want that for my future family whenever I had ki- have kids and stuff. And I wanted to introduce the generational wealth and uh, educate my people on that and, you know, just shine a more positive light on the black community as a whole. And uh, my mom kind of jumped on board with that my, my junior year. And, you know, she she wanted me to wait until after I graduated to get in that cycle of going to work for somebody and then getting some money and being stable. Then kind of venturing off, but I mm-hmm. kind of convinced her to help me out with getting some credit cards and stuff. And, you know, then that happened. And uh, when I was about to graduate in 2016, she ended up passing like a couple weeks before I graduated. So she never got to me graduate or sell a pair of shoes that she helped me get. So mm-hmm. that really, uh, that was like the worst thing that ever happened to me. Right. I lost it. I feel like I lost right. everything. So I just went full time into it after I graduated. And, you know, I just been grinding it out ever since. And that's a little bit about me. Wow. You know? Yeah. But, um, yeah. The losses I've seen and coming mm-hmm. from a poor background and just grinding through the entrepreneurship full time, uh, not working for anybody after I graduated. And, you know, just maintaining. And yeah. <laughs> more or less. So there's that's a little bit for us to build off of one. 
there's a lot there. I'm going to go back and <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's a lot there. Um, I think, you know, I want to start and just kind of follow the trajectory. You said that, you know, you didn't really see anyone. You didn't know about the U of A. You didn't really know about mm-hmm. colleges and stuff like that. So you're a first generation college student. Is that basically? Yeah. For, okay. Uh, for my, Cause I have a, um, I have a bigger family on my right. dad's side. So it's 18 of us on my dad's side. Him, oh, wow. him yeah. and his wife had uh, 15 kids. I was a mom's only child, so within that family, it was kind of like, yeah, the first generation kind of dealing with going okay. off to college, you know, getting a good education. So it's, what's really interesting about that is that mm-hmm. a lot of people, when they go to college, they have this, they have like a family member who's been, who can mm-hmm. walk you through yeah. what is FAFSA, you know, yeah. what is all this stuff. Yeah, and <laughs> as a first generation college student, there is none of that. You have to navigate all that on your own, mm-hmm. and then sometimes you're having to backtrack because you didn't really know some things yeah. that you were so, that people just assume that you know. So, um, yeah, but the multicultural center and stuff like that are, are really good with kind of helping you navigate stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so how did you uh, how did you hear about the U of A or like how did you end up like what what was that path like like how did you mm-hmm. choose the U of A specifically? It was funny, kind of, because <laughs> we wanted to do like in state because of the tuition or whatever. Right. And uh, I want I was like. I had gotten connected with Ms. Leslie at the Multicultural Center before I graduated, so like my junior year of high school, okay. and they were doing like uh, different programs. That, so that, I mentioned ACT Academy, so I come up here uh, mm-hmm. twice for that, I think, and that was before I graduated, and then I did an early access uh, program kind of deal uh, before I came to college and everything like that, so I came early. But um, that's how I got connected with the University of Arkansas. That's how I found out about it. And we ended up applying for um, Jonesboro, thinking that it was the University of Arkansas. (laughs) (laughs) So so we ended up wasting money (laughs) applying there. Oh, no. And then, you know, I was like, oh, dang, Mom, we applied for the wrong place. And she was like, all right, honey, I just paid for the other one, and you paid for that one. And I was like, all right, cool. So ended up applying for both of those and and not really caring about going to ASU. Yeah. um, But really trying to get here. Right. And that's how it happened, just... Through the multicultural center, and that, yeah. that's really all. That's how the connection was made because they were trying to get more more people from the deal mm-hmm. to, to come up to University right. of Arkansas and show them a better life and you know opportunities and potential. So you mentioned uh, the dapper look, and yeah, Doctor Dapper. That's me. Doctor Dapper. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. Can you talk about that? Like, what is yeah. that? Like, what what do you mean by that? And, and you talked about like kind of <clears throat> seeing um, your dad was the pastor and your mom mm-hmm. was the like the first first lady. La- first lady. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is that? What do those things have to do with one another? And, and yeah. So growing up in church, you know, and um, most people come to church dressed up real nice. So my mm-hmm. mom tried to keep me in a nice little suit or whatever and a button up or a tie. I got little baby pictures I could have brought to you. <laughs> like, I've always been in like a little tie or something. And, you know, that, that I just fell in love with that look. And that's, I've never, I really don't wear tennis shoes. I only wear dress shoes. So that's kind of how I got into the dress shoe industry. And I used to okay. sketch dress shoes uh, when I was in, when I was in high school too. Uh, but the dapper in the, in the church and everything connects because of that look that you have when you go to church. And, mm-hmm. you know, just having that, that different image, you know, and different perception or people treat you a different way when you dress a certain way. So that's why I really gravitate towards that look more than any other looks. And um, Dr. Dapper came about because, so I got this story on my website too. Uh, it's like people people will ask me like, oh, dang, where'd you get this? Or can you come, you know, help me put this on? Or can you fix my wardrobe so it can like match yours a little bit? And you know, if you ever got a problem with your body or something, you go to the doctor to help them let them fix it for you. <laughs> so I feel like when people have problems with their wardrobe, they'll come to me so I can fix it. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do it. I so, love that. Dr. Dapper. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, because yeah. the dapper look is kind of like the classic stuff, the classic right, man, right. like the dinner and stuff like that. So that's where that came from why did you why did you decide that uh that fashion mattered to you that it was important to you because i know some people they can dress well but they don't really care about mm-hmm. it you know so why why does that matter to you it matters because say for instance if i walk into a room i don't have to say a word and everybody like you know takes me more seriously so they know like what i'm about mm-hmm. and you know it gives off a, a different vibe than if i walked in with some jeans and a t-shirt you know if i walk in with a full like full-on double breast suit 
and tailored to the T and some nice shoes, people are like, oh dang, like he does something, or people are like, oh, where'd you get your shoes? Mm-hmm. Or you know, what, what do you do? Like you have to do something because you're dressed this way, and just because of that, and then being African American male too, walking down the street or something in a suit, it's like, oh, like like where are you going? Why can't it just be like, no, I'm j- I just dress like this. This is my like attire. This is what I like. So just that, just the way people treat me. And just the imagery, the way it looks through social media and just, um, you know, inspiring other people that are in the streets that's sagging, you know, wearing this, wearing that, slinging dope. That, yo, you know, if you if you dress, you can dress this way or you can do both. You can switch it up. And, you know, this is how you get treated or this is like, you know, true success or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. So that's right. why I really rock with that look uh, more just because of the way I feel when I put on the clothes and, you know, the way I, I look and the way I'm treated, you know. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really, it's pretty dope. It's dapper. Like yeah. It. You and I met initially at the Human Library event mm-hmm. at the Fateful <laughs> Public Library. And um, I can't, I'm trying to remember your title the, the, uh, of your book. The Underrepresented uh, Millennial. Underrepresented Millennial, yeah. that's right. And I remember when we met, um, I didn't get a chance to really read the background. I was just like, we're going to talk to this guy. Yeah, and first, for long. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Come on, girl. let's talk to this guy. <laughs> and uh, the first thing uh, my friend and I noticed was the shoes that he was wearing. Mm-hmm. And we were, you didn't even have anything about your shoe company or anything on your no, bio. Yeah. See, it's like, yeah. Oh, shoes. Where'd you get the shoes? Like, I designed them. And it's like, yeah. Instant, instant communication. Yeah, it really was. And I think that, like, just noticing the shoes, which are really awesome. We'll have to get a pic of that whenever yeah, we, yeah, whenever yeah. we, oh, we, we post this. I have yeah. with the shoes. Pretty much, yeah. But the shoes are so awesome. Um, but I think that, like, it sparked this whole conversation um, that I want to touch on a little bit here about what you just mentioned a few minutes earlier about um, this influence in the black community mm-hmm. and what you want to do for young African-American males. So can you talk a little bit more about that and kind yeah. of tell us like where that came from and mm-hmm. and what you hope to accomplish with that? Yeah, so that's a lot, really. That's yeah. too much. It's <laughs> a long I'll question. Break it, I'll break it down. Like, it's a whole <laughs> right. lot. But um, just coming from where I come from and uh, seeing how we're, like, what we go through, like, you know, just the environment that we have to grow up in. And then also being a full-time entrepreneur and seeing like how much harder it is because people don't really understand unless they're like in your shoes right. and they can't really be in your shoes because you're, you know the skin is completely different so you can right. treat it different and uh, you know you have different you know um, privileges that other people don't have so just really trying to show people how if we come together and in, uh, in a more positive way I guess you know we mm-hmm. can we can make a lot of more uh, I don't know growth within within the community without right. you know actually going out and doing something like negative or or carrying ourselves in this way and, and just trying to show people that you know you don't have to be a rapper or drug dealer or a basketball player mm-hmm. football player to actually make it and also showing that true success because we don't really we don't really have images of people that are like that look like us that are like CEOs or deans or anything like right. that you know we don't we don't see that so we don't really see it as something we can we can like achieve so mm-hmm. me you know, being the owner of a business and actually, you know, carrying myself in this way, promoting this certain lifestyle, and then coming from this background that I can share with people that can relate to that background, uh, and then like going through my struggles and, and being transparent about those, it really inspires like thousands of people. So I've been on a lot of blogs, a lot of, I've been on some TV shows and mm-hmm. some in the news and a lot of di- a lot of different things, and it's just, you know, the impact that my story has on other people uh, that can relate to it or that are in that situation that, that really. That's the biggest reason why I do what I do. You know, the shoes is, is like a part of its own, right. but, you know, my story and the people that I am, the lives that I impact, you know, inspire and motivate is really the bigger thing. So after losing my mom, I was like, you know, I'm going to just dedicate the rest of my life to this because mm-hmm. it's special to me. Because people were like, right. oh, you got this degree, your mom had paid for this, you paid for college, and, you know, you go get a job, you're struggling this. And I'm like, no, because, you know, this, this business uh, will, you know, outlast this degree forever, you know, because I can pass this business on to my kids, mm-hmm. their kids and their kids. So, you know, that education of, 
you know, actually building an empire and then being able to pass it down to somebody else and helping somebody else up the ladder of success, you know, because we, we got the crabs in the bucket mentality and that's something that I try to, you know, get rid of mm-hmm. one person at a time or, you know, a city at a time or a state at a time, you know, right. however I can. So, you know, in, in order to do that, you got to have some kind of like clout behind your name. So you got to be a celebrity or icon or mogul. So that's what I'm working on through social media. And you see, you see my social media stuff. Yeah, and you see yeah. like how I'm trying to, you know, brand it in a positive way and, right. and just push and just uplift other people. Yeah. What I'm doing. So that's the biggest, that's the bigger reason. Yeah. yeah. And that's awesome. I think there's a lot more conversations now about representation and yeah. um, the impact where it's like starting to see studies and things like that about like the impact of representation on, on, um, younger generation so I think it's incredible that you're doing that do you ever um, so I, I think we may have mentioned this too when we were at the library but do you ever return to Helena and, and if so in what ways and, and I've been back you've been back yeah, but it's, it's really like it takes more than just going back to speak because people can see what I'm doing through social media and I've been back to speak at different events mm-hmm. um, but it takes it takes like money it's gonna really take money and like taking taking money and, and putting it there and offering like opportunities for people because the biggest thing we got is walmart down there and right. nobody really wants to go down there and like invest in that community because it's just slowly just dying and, mm-hmm. and people just robbing and stealing and breaking into different things so people don't really see any any beauty in it so helena is right outside of uh i went to barton for uh, high school mm-hmm. and uh so marvel is around there uh, mariana four cities close by but Helena is not big at all. It's like real small. So you drive in, and you you can literally make a circle around Helena. What's Helena? So it's it's real small. Right. Yeah. It's it doesn't big at all. So. When you were um, in high school in Helena, did you see yourself doing anything like this? Um, like no. <laughs> no, I didn't know what I was gonna do. I didn't know. What, I didn't know what I was gonna gonna go to college for or anything. I didn't. I didn't know any like what, what kind of talents or mm-hmm. stuff like that I had. I didn't. I just figured I would get a a job somewhere or major in because my mom would always say oh go major in business or go major in that because you know that's the that's the go-to thing just for people to be able to get a job after college so I didn't really know what I was going to do and then when I put um fashion on the table she was really like like what (laughs) what you going to do with that kind of deal you know so but um I I just feel like you can do whatever you want to do like any major you want you can monetize it because people pick up trash and make millions of dollars it's like Mm -hmm. you can do whatever so no, but I never, I never figured I would be, or thought that I would own my own business, or do a full time, or major in fashion, or design mm-hmm. shoes, or be sitting and talking to y'all. And, yeah. I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't think I would be doing anything like this. But did you have like a was maybe before high school? Was there ever like I want to grow up and be like what did you want to be when you grew up? Do you remember? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I saw, I saw, I saw. Um, at one point, I liked to do, I liked doing the construction a lot because I, I worked all my life. You know, yeah. I had to go get. Nothing was given to me, so I've always right. had to work for it. Um, so I used to do, I used to cut grass, construction, work at the courthouses. Um, I looked at firefighters and police, like, oh, y'all cool. I'm like, yeah. what do you want y'all all day? <laughs> but I was like, it was nothing yeah. really um, just specific that I was trying to, like, go after and mm-hmm. be, you know, because I didn't have any, I didn't have anybody to look at to be like, yeah, I want to be like you when I grow up, you know? Right. Like, my dad, he owned his own, like, mechanic shop or whatever, but... I didn't want to be a mechanic, and I didn't know anything about cars. My stepdad's a pastor. I don't want to be a pastor. <laughs> so it's like, I'm just here. Right. Wherever God takes me, you know, that's where I'll go. But What was the, like, what was the, like, the aha moment? Like, what was the, the moment where you're like, okay, I want to own my own business? Or, like, it's shoes. Or, like, what? Mm-hmm. Where, do you remember what that was like or where shoes. that came from? So owning my own business, it was... I won't say all of it came so with the shoes it came from an article so i read an article about a girl that started a shoe company and she didn't know anything about shoes mm-hmm. she just had the money and the connections to make it happen i was like yo you know I, i'm majoring in fashion i can draw my own shoes 
<laughs> money will probably come. So let me just let me just try this. And because um, I knew it was gonna always be something. Once I got into the fashion and I started getting, you know, just uh, immersed in it, and I started seeing the industry, what I could do with it, mm-hmm. I was like, I'll do something in suits, or I'll do accessories, or ties, or socks, something like that. But um, and then I never knew, this, I never knew it'd be shoes. And I just started after I read that article, I just started sketching some shoes and reaching out to people. And you know, once you start spending a little money that you don't got, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stuff, you're like, yeah, I'm not gonna drop this. So, right. But yeah, and then with the entrepreneurship stuff, it was, I never, I never had like a aha moment. I guess it was just. It was just always been in me to do my own thing and just mm-hmm. grind like all the time and just working for stuff that and then going through the things that I went through and growing up how I grew up, I was just prepared for the entrepreneurship and I, I just didn't know it though but right. it was like just already in me and I just I just didn't know and yeah. I just and it just happened I, yeah. I wasn't I was just like planning out oh, I'm gonna do this I'm gonna own this business I'm gonna start this LLC I'm gonna do this do that right. I'm gonna connect with this person it, was, it just happened because right. I was in school too and I was working at Walmart over the summer. Uh, for internship and it's just happening and once mm-hmm. you start telling people and you actually set that goal and you take that leap of faith uh to actually just that's a sign you just gotta you just gotta know right. the sign when it, when it comes in from god or, or the universe working in your favor and it was just like shoes you know and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and i was yeah. like all right cool man I, i'll draw shoes and I, and I was just telling people i want to own a shoe company and once i started telling people and started doing it researching and taking more and more leaps of faith. I'm still taking leaps of faith. I'm, I'm always on risk and just mm-hmm. paying for shoes that I ain't got money to pay for. <laughs> and, you know, so it's a grind. But yeah. but yeah, I feel like coming from where I come from really just, you know, sparked that. And then when my, when my mom passed too, you know, it was like, oh, dang, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to do this for us because right. I wouldn't have it without her. So I just dedicate everything uh, that I do to her and, mm-hmm. um, you know, everything like that. So. That's awesome. It is. And when you started, you said that after your mom passed, when you kind of like went full-fledged into mm-hmm. your startup, um, what was that like? Was that like scary or anything like that? I ain't never been scared. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just, I just, I've been, um, I've been stressed and worried a lot, especially when I first did it. Because when I first did it, December 2016, I graduated. And uh, the beginning of that year, I, my order of shoes was supposed to come like right before I graduated. So it didn't come for three months into next year. So I refer to March, like mm-hmm. March-ish is when I got my first order of shoes and then they came in defected and lower quality than what I wanted. So I was screwed like real bad. <laughs> and the agent had screwed me over with like me spending more money than what I should have been spending on like the order of shoes and on samples. So, um, you know, but, but if I hadn't went through that, I wouldn't be here today to actually like be doing the dress company mm-hmm. because I got connected directly with that factory. Um, like about around the summer, sometime that summer, uh, and they reached out to me like, hey, we made your shoes and we know we can make them better quality than what you got. Mm-hmm. The agent was telling us this and that. And we were like, oh, did he really want that? And he was like, yeah, but you know, we knew you didn't want that. <laughs> so so they found me on Instagram, crazy. Wow. And yeah, they, uh, they found you on Instagram? And they're in yeah. Brazil. And so wow. it was like crazy. Yeah, and they sent me a DM and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I was I was easing into it though because I've been screwed over a whole lot right, <laughs> in my life. Right. And I was like, okay, let's see. Like, send me some shoes for free and um, yeah. we'll try it out. And they yeah. sent me some shoes and We've been working together ever since, and then, um, but that was last year. That was my first year doing it, and I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a baby in this, so yeah, <laughs> I'm still struggling yeah. <laughs> trying to make it. But you know, I, just, I like I said, my background um, prepared me for it a lot. Just doing more with less, and then my mom always said, like, I, if you go to my my personal website, I have a quote on there at the bottom, and it says, uh, "Don't look like what you're going through or what you've been through," mm-hmm. and that's what I. You know, pride myself on you know when I wear a suit, or if you see my Instagram, or you see Facebook, LinkedIn, mm-hmm. you'll never know that this guy is struggling. You know, trying right. to make it, living day by day. You know, so that's just something I pride myself on doing. Don't yeah. More or less, and then never looking like what I'm going through. I read that doing. quote this morning when I was. You did. Yeah, I and was like, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll remember> no. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> no, I just think it's uh, you know I think it's such a powerful 
way to view things mm-hmm. um, because you know you 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 we've heard the saying like you know dress for the job that you want no. or something like that. Yeah. But it's more than just the, it's also like the uh, your appearance and your mm-hmm. attitude and like I have this. Uh, so Al Bell uh, talked about this quote. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your attitude, not your aptitude, that gets oh. you a- altitude. Mm. And I think, cool. I think it was from uh, uh, Dr. King who said it, but he, he was telling us about it. Mm-hmm. And it just really changed the way that I thought about some of the, the struggle. Yeah. Because it's yeah, like, it's, how do you... And this is a question that Summer's asked before to, to other guests, but like when you're in that moment of what feels like failure or mm-hmm. what feels like struggle, like what keeps you going? Yeah. I've been through a lot more than just like the struggle. So my ba- last year, my bank account hit negative more times than I can even count. Oh, on my hands, yeah. I was like, <laughs> and, I, and when it first started happening, I was like, dang, man, this is sad. My bank account hit the negative. I ain't got no money. <laughs> but then after like 10 times, I was looking at it like, all right, cool. Just like a notification right. to be like, go to class. <laughs> like, I was just like, I ain't gonna trip about it. But, you know, when I get in those times, I just think back to losing my mom, losing my grandma, losing my dad, you know, and then uh, last year when I had, when I lived off like $10,000 in credit cards and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So when I compare this year to last year, it was a lot of struggle this year, but last year was way worse. Like, a whole right. lot worse. It was, I was in a real dark place. So I, my, my cap for, you know, like, this is failure or this is too much pain for me to deal with right. has been said so high because when I lost my mom that was like my everything so yeah. I've already lost everything so I'm like nothing else can stop me I'll have to be like I have to just die to quit <laughs> doing what I'm doing because I because I, I could be living on, on somebody else's couch or in the streets with my, sh- right. my shoes you know I'm so I'm, I'm that passionate about it and I, you know I care that much about it to where I can just be downright nothing nothing mm-hmm. and, and still try to try to make a way out of no way so just just remembering where I come from and what I've been through already just keeps me going. And all right. the people that I motivate. So I get a lot of emails, a lot of calls, a lot of comments, a lot of a lot of DMs. And I just feel like dang, I'm not I'm not letting myself down, you know. I'm letting all of those Other thousands people. of people down and my mom and my dad and my grandma because they're looking down on me and helping me out and doing mm-hmm. all this. So I'll be letting down like a lot of people. So I wouldn't even <laughs> want to quit because I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm good. I'm not, I'm, a, I'm not a selfish person. So I think about other people and I right. think about how, how I'm impacting and changing their lives too. And if you know, I, I just couldn't stop because of, of the amount of people that, you know, show me love and support and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And then talking a little bit about uh, <clears throat> what my mom would say, but they're not looking like what you're going through, what you've been through. Nobody could tell we had roaches and rats and stuff because, right. you know, we didn't, we didn't look like that. And then people now, when I tell them I came from, they're like, what? Quit playing. You, yeah. came from that. you ain't come from that. I'm like, yeah, man, I did. So it's cool or whatever, you know, seeing a roach crawling, what's up, fam? Like, you know, it's good. It's good. So, so yeah. I think one thing that I guess I've learned over and over again as we've been doing this show, every time we have like entrepreneurs on, mm. like it, that just put me in mind of Rick Boozy, mm-hmm. um, is that you have to have this like unfettered passion for what you're mm-hmm. doing, mm-hmm. Um, which I know like obviously you're going to be an entrepreneur, so you kind of knew that, but I think what I've learned from like talking to you and talking to Rick Boozy is that like y- you're willing to risk pretty much anything Mm -hmm. you know to succeed in this business that's really neat and maybe something that's not I guess said enough is that like you have to be able to put everything on the Mm -hmm. line like to go into entrepreneurship it's not said a lot and I feel like I I had made a post on Instagram uh like a month ago and I was saying how do we get more more people to become entrepreneurs and also how do we get more people to like remain entrepreneurs and become successful because I'm not like completely successful successful at it. I'm still struggling like hard but uh, when I make it to that point you know I'm still going to share my story and not mm-hmm. always show the glory so people show the glory and they never show the story and I feel like people that want to be entrepreneurs 
and aren't ready for it, mm-hmm. they see so much glory of it, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be easy. This is what I'm going to go do. Mm-hmm. And once they get into all the BS that comes along with it, they're like, oh, dang, this ain't oh, really all that. I, didn't, I don't want yeah. this. I didn't want all this. And then they fall out. Right. And the people that actually want to be entrepreneurs and they can go through that, they get into it, and they see all the glory from other people, and they're like, dang. Am I doing something wrong? Like nobody right. else is going through this. Nobody else went through this. Nobody else went through the five years of like struggle or nobody, you know, went mm-hmm. in the, into the negative or nobody had this mess up with the factory. You know, everybody has everything all looking all pretty and stuff. And it's not like that. And I feel like the people like that need people need to see people like me that share the stories about the everyday struggle or where they came from and what they had to do to make their business, you know, what it is today. Mm-hmm. So me, I, I've never had enough money to be doing what I'm doing, but I've had enough faith to keep mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing, you know, so. Just like literally never had enough. <laughs> so like, okay, marketing, marketing. I've never. I've only put like a little over a thousand into marketing. I can't really like count because I don't like do marketing. But everything has been organic and you know features and thinking outside of the box, cross promotion, mm-hmm. and it's been and, and it also has been the story behind the brand too. So I feel like right. any successful brand has a like a unique story behind it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I know my story is very unique and it's very powerful and inspires a lot. So I know my brand is going to be successful. So, you know, you just got to really believe in what you're doing. Even though the days come when you're like, dang, are people really filling my shoes? Like when those sales coming through, it's like, but you just got to keep pushing and remember like, yeah, everything is good. And, you know, maybe it's just people don't have money to buy shoes right now. So you just right. keep pushing yeah. this and find some more people that want to buy shoes. But, right. but yeah, it's people share the glory too much and not enough of the story. And I feel like we need to see more of that. Yeah. overall like around. right yeah, yeah I completely agree and I think with entrepreneurship a lot of people think it's um there's a high barrier of entry you know like you can only get into this if you have really deep pockets yeah <laughs> yeah and it seems like that I, I feel like that sometimes like hey, let me back out because I ain't got the deep pockets and the connections and stuff to drop the 100k on something because brains get a lot of money they get mm-hmm. back with a lot of money and the most money the most amount of money I've ever had in my bank account was uh, when I when I got some help from this one guy last year. At the end of last year, about this time, he gave me thirty nine thousand dollars. And being transparent, about twenty nine thousand of that went to order shoes, and the mm-hmm. rest went to credit card payments. Yeah. So I've never had any work account. <laughs> I've never had any like my bank account has yeah. always been like struggling. And you know, I've made it two years just like struggling through that. And it's like, yo, if I can make it two years. Mm-hmm. I can make it 20. <laughs> you know? right. As long as I keep making a way because the money's out there, so I'm just got to go find it. And yeah, I've, I've, I'm not the most educated and the most, you know, business savvy person, but I know how to grind. And that's really like, you got to know how to grind right. and know how to deal with a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, so. Hmm. Do you uh, do you work with anyone or is it just It's just you? me. It's just yeah. you. Which is sad sometimes, but you know, <laughs> I don't, it's, it's like the business is, is my baby. So, I mean, you really, it's just like, just like you're going into a marriage. People look at business partners like marriages, so mm-hmm. you can't just marry anybody, you know, because right. you'll probably end up getting a divorce. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> so that's the same thing with business. Stuff could go downhill um, pretty bad. So, yeah, it's just been me. Uh, I, can, I really can't afford to bring anybody on, and I really don't. <sighs> People don't, I want people to understand like the purpose and the meaning and the culture of the business before they actually jump into it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I also want to, you know, experience every every piece of the business. So I won't throw that part of the business off to somebody just because I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. Let me go give it to somebody else. And how could I do that to somebody if I've never, you know, gone through it myself? Mm-hmm. Just like if I've never mopped the floor in the office, well, I'm going to hire somebody to mop the floor in the office if I've never been in their shoes before, right. you know. So the CEO is always the person that, that's been through all that. So people, I saw, I saw a meme, it was talking about how, um, <coughs> people people hate CEOs or something like that and it's like yo if you 
just think about well they were they were talking about because we don't do a lot of stuff mm -hmm. it's like yo before they hired you they were doing your job and they were doing yeah. somebody else's job you know all the work they had to put in all the hours all the grinding to get that business to that point where it is where we can hire you and keep your bills paid like people don't really understand that and it's like a lot of work that goes into it <laughs> and sometimes i'm not when i'm not doing something i'm thinking like i'm behind i should be doing something like and i just have to ease up on myself uh, a lot of times just to remind myself i need to like take a break or just relax or go get a drink or you know chill with friends or something because i'm always my mind is always like how can i sell shoes how can i do this mm -hmm. how can i do that and then through dr dapper i do a lot of stuff too so you know whether it's consultations influencer work uh content creation speaking on panels you know philanthropy work you know i try to i try to stay busy and lay a smooth foundation for other streams of income so you know when the time comes for those to take off i can have stay ready so i don't have to get ready mm-hmm mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So you talked about being a CEO and like in this position of leadership and really what we're talking about a lot this season is this concept of leadership and what it means to different people. So, I mean, I'm just interested in like, what's your definition of leadership and what, what do you generally think of when you think of the term leader? Leader. Mm. You know, I feel like I feel like to be a leader or a good leader, you have to, you know, you have to be vulnerable and you have to have followed before. You know, you can't just jump to being a leader if you've never been through certain things or experienced certain things or learned certain things. So I feel like a good leader is a person that I'm trying to be and that that can uh, invest in their team, uplift their team, uplift people that are around them. So if I if I'm winning, my whole team should be winning if I'm a All leader, right. you know, if I'm a good leader. So that's that's how I look at leadership. And I try to be a great leader through uh, the community by uplifting others, inspiring others and, you know, reaching back to help through education mm -hmm. or offering, I don't got funds to offer them, but you know, just the inspiration and the knowledge that I've gained yeah. and the connections that I have. Uh, and then also with my team of business owners that are around me or you know, just my close friends. I, if I'm winning, we're all winning. So if I make mm -hmm. a connection with somebody that wants some of my shoes, I'm like, oh, you got some of your braces or you got some of your socks or you got some of your ties you want to send in this. So everybody's like, you know, winning right. as a whole. So I feel like a good leader can bring their team up, you know, with them. And if, if you can't bring your team up, it's like, yo, you're not really a good leader. Right, if, right. I, if I pull up in a Lambo and my team pulling up in Toyotas, it's like, <laughs> and Hondas, it's like, no, what you, you're not my leader. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to rock with you at all. I'm going to go find another leader that I can follow. Right. Just like mentoring, too. If you right. if you mentoring somebody and you winning, you're popping, your team should be winning and popping as well. Yeah. Like, I'm not just going to take all this, this you know, stuff you're talking about. Right. And I see you making your moves, making your bank, and I'm down here struggling, like, terribly hard and you know you're not really helping me out at all so yeah I feel like a good leader you know has those traits of being humble uh, giving back helping right. each other helping others you know and just making sure everybody else is winning along with you because if you're in I feel like the most the, the best investment you can make in it is in somebody else mm -hmm. because if they win you win too you know yeah. so yeah. yeah I had a guy telling me um that he invested in, a, in one of his little mentees or whatever, and his mentee ended up surpassing him with like business yeah. and stuff because he was walking under him through like college and this and that. And he was like, Yeah, and once I got him set, he just took off, passed That's me, awesome. you know. So it's like always been in connection with them, and yeah, it's just a blessing to see other people thriving and stuff too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you were talking about the CEO doing like knowing how to do all the jobs and mm -hmm. having done the jobs. You can't be a leader if you haven't yeah. done this. You're like, go, go take out that trash. <laughs> do you know how to take the trash? Yeah. Like, Where do you buy the trash bag from? <laughs> all right, you yeah. got me. I'll take the trash out. Yeah. <laughs> I've worked in a, like as an undergrad and stuff. I, I used to work in a lot of restaurants. And it, one surprising thing about it was like every time I 
encountered an owner of a restaurant they'd never actually worked in a restaurant mm. they just owned it and I was like how do they come oh, up no. with these it's crazy like, ideas about how you should do crazy. things it's like oh they've never right. done it it's just like entre- people that teach people that teach entrepreneurship <laughs> classes they never own businesses so it's like, <laughs> like what I'm listening to you read some stuff out of books some of them have not all of them not all of them don't get caught in the class with one that hadn't <laughs> you're just like okay <laughs> Yeah, that's what you need to do first day of class. Have you ever owned a business before? <laughs> uh, we're not going to talk about that. So. <laughs> no. Lesson one. Research about a business. <laughs> right. Uh, well, there's applied knowledge and experience, or like not applied knowledge, experiential knowledge and theoretical knowledge. Yeah. I think they both have value. They do, but the, the experience knowledge is like, okay, I didn't know I was going to experience that. Thank right. you. Because some things right. I learned in class, I was like, I, I had to learn about like importing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And just, um, so I had I had some of my shoes stuck in customs before. And it was mm. because they didn't have where they were made on the bottom of them. I don't feel like I would have uh, learned that in class. Right, right. Yeah, uh-huh. like, oh, make sure you have where they're made on the bottom of the of your <laughs> shoes or you're not, are they going to get stuck? Right. I, don't, I don't feel like anybody <laughs> in class is going to tell me that. So that's what kind of stuff. Sometimes I, you have to, yeah. yeah. Where, where are your shoes made? In Brazil in right Brazil? now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I've been in touch, in touch with the factory in Spain, China, uh, India. So I'm just trying to, trying to see where's going to be best for the shoes to be made and just how, having more options. How did you like figure out the process to get your shoes made? Like how did you go from like drawing a shoe to having a shoe? Yeah. Like that's that's what happened with the agent in uh, New York. So I sketched the shoe and I was like, oh, because I, I had to get a non-disclosure agreement, of course, so they wouldn't share my or steal my design. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what that was. So that was that was right, my right. experience. <laughs> uh, but I did that and sent the sent the drawings through like email to the guys in New York, and then I started seeing the process through videos or and pictures and stuff like that. And it's not I don't really try to worry about it too much. Okay. I, need, I need to visit a factory like soon mm-hmm. uh, to kind of like walk through the process and touch the fabrics and see right, how everything's right. made. So they send you photos as the shoes are being made, like, oh, through the process. Cool. Yeah, that, well, it was really nice. That and, like, after. And after. Mm-hmm. So. Do you ever see, is there ever been a time where you, like, see something wrong in the photo and you have to make them correct it or anything? I mean, or so far, has the process been good? It's bumpy. Bumpy? Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, because it's always something, like, at least one to ten pair of shoes always come, like, defective. And then there have mm-hmm. been orders where shoes come in, like, perfect, nothing wrong, and I can sell, start selling it immediately. But there have been times where it's, like, it's just... It's just up in there because I don't have anybody there to like double check or and, you yeah. know inspect everything. Right. So it's just dealing with the startup. Um, it's hard being a startup, a small business because mm-hmm. they just treat you like whatever. Because <laughs> they, yeah. they used to people ordered five five thousand pair of shoes and right. per order, so and I can't order that many, so they just really it's sad. I'm a sad person. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I'm a sad person. No. <laughs> Are you going to cry with me? <laughs> Listeners, will you cry with me? <laughs> well, I, yeah, the work that you're doing is really awesome. I think this idea of, like, inspiring others and leaning back and, like, giving someone a hand is, mm-hmm. is just really important. And it's a theme that I think, and we've probably said this before, we'll say it again. Mm-hmm. It's just a theme that has kind of come up, too, this idea of, like, servant leadership. Mm-hmm. And most people who are... Uh, I don't know, it's like really common with entrepreneurs. I don't know what it is. Well, most of the entrepreneurs we talked to have had like some kind of social impact Mm -hmm. or like some kind of social impact element to their business and it sounds like you kind of have that too. It's like real big. Especially like being black on business and then me sharing my story, like what I've been through Mm -hmm. and then inspiring other people through that. It's like a huge impact. Like I've been on a lot of large platforms and then through that, me putting my face on the forefront and the, the like quality content that I create mm-hmm. for my brand because people think I've been doing it for like five six years and I'm like nah man it's like <laughs> it's like a year and a half two years you know I've been doing it full time right. and pushing it but yeah just 
that's the that's the part of staying ready. So you have to get ready and you know not looking like what you're going through and what right. you've been through. So the brand looks very crisp, very luxury, very like well put together, and I do everything myself. And it's like mm-hmm. sometimes I get tired, but you know it's whatever. Like, <laughs> but I like doing photo shoots, so yeah. I try to do a photo shoot like once a week, once or twice a week. Cool. And they're like, oh cool, I want to do a photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> my hair. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's. This is really the content has set me apart and uh, mm-hmm. the story behind the brand has set me apart right. from others and kept me afloat through the process of like, you know, flying on the radar until you mm-hmm. get that pop. And I've connected with a lot of uh, celebrities too, so. That's awesome. A whole lot. I can name drop if you want. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> so, uh, so Anthony Anderson, I don't know if y'all know him. He, you know, Blackie. I know the name. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the show, yeah. So the yeah. guy that's on there, yeah. he, um, he shared a picture. Uh, from my company and I just sent him some shoes. Um that's awesome. Erica Badu follows me on Instagram. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, MJ Harris uh, is a cool guy that we connected and he supported the brand. Um Tasha Page Lockhart, she's a gospel singer. She's mm. I think she sings for Kirk Franklin. Um yeah, okay. yeah, so she's helped out a lot. She's bought like three or four pairs of shoes. Um just connected with this guy that's a model and this model for like Kenny Cole and stuff and he's just started this like started this like skincare line or something. Mm. He's popping out in LA um, that's awesome. Geez, that's more people, but I just try to connect with them. And right. you know, the reason I can connect with them is because I, um, I'm consistent with it. And you know, mm-hmm. and I might, and if they come to my page, they see, oh, he's already invested in himself. Mm-hmm. You know, because people don't really want to invest in you unless yeah. you've invested in yourself. So that's what I tell people all the time. Just make sure, you know, you're not reaching out, and your page isn't like up to par, or your brand right. isn't like already doing something. You know, right. making it look like it's, it's like popping or something. So yeah, people, they don't want to waste time. You know, because MJ Harris, he said, I said, do you do this all the time? Like hop on the phone with people? He was like, no, I actually don't. <laughs> I was like, why not? He was like, man, because I don't want to waste my time or your time, you know? Because I, if, I, if I hop on the phone with somebody mm-hmm. and we're talking about like business or branding, I don't want to be starting from like scratch, like nothing. Right. Like it looks terrible, right. you know? Because uh, that'll be a waste. That'll be wasting a lot of time. So, I mean, it's just, it's a lot of it is up to you to actually do the work on right. the forefront and then start to like, outsource like help right, and stuff right. and, and be seen or be noticed because I get featured on a lot of pages and that's how a lot of celebrities have found out about my brand and my story and stuff like that so that's awesome but that's really cool oh my god what, <laughs> what would you tell students or people maybe not even just students but students people in general who are thinking about taking a risk or mm-hmm. do you have any like, advice or anything you would want them to know or what would you tell like your your past self or my what? past yeah. self <laughs> <laughs> don't start the business <laughs> no uh, but really just patience is a huge part because I've mm-hmm. had to learn um, how to be patient like throughout this whole process because I'll be like oh I'm gonna do this and I want this to happen now and it doesn't happen for like a month two months I'm like dang I'm like about to die I'm gonna quit <laughs> but you know the patience has been a huge part um me loving what I'm doing and actually being passionate about it and you know waking up thinking about it going to sleep thinking about it showering thinking about it eating thinking about it you know just it always always on my mind so I really you know encourage people to do something that they think about all the time that mm-hmm. they love doing because you never work a day in your life if you love what you're doing so right. whether that's working for somebody or working for yourself you know it's it's a personal right. uh, like thing you know if you want to work for somebody or work for yourself and not really just thinking okay I want to work for myself because I get to pick my own hours or I get to do this I don't have to go clock in because I mean you still got to work well, you probably got to work a lot harder than you would <laughs> if right. you want to work for somebody. So, I work a lot harder. And, but yeah, just passion, mm-hmm. patience, having a purpose behind it. And, you know, make sure that you just remain dedicated hmm. to what you're doing. Yeah, because it's, it's not going to happen overnight. Right. And the overnight success is make people, make people think, like, like me think, like, dang, I'm doing something wrong. But it's right. just like, nah. A lot of the brands that you see that are, like, popping, 
on the back end, a lot of stuff is going wrong. So right. it's like from the outside looking in, you're like, oh, dang, they're popping. But on the back side looking out, it's like, oh, no, he's like, he's <laughs> <laughs> struggling bad. So I always remember that, too. Yeah. Don't, get, don't get discouraged about what other brands are doing. Just really just focus on your lane and what makes you unique and keep pushing that. Because the only way you can fail is if you give up, you know. Mm-hmm. And the, the one thing I like about entrepreneurship, too, is like if, you, if you're working for somebody else, you can wake up tomorrow and you're working your butt off, but you can get fired. You can get laid off or lose mm-hmm. your position. But, you know, if you're working for yourself, the only way you can get laid off or fired is if you, like, quit or you give right. up. So, yeah, that's... I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll never lose my job. Yeah. I'll never, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll never be jobless. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Do you have, a, uh, do you have like, a, a plan for your shoe company? Um, mm-hmm. Like, maybe where you see it 10 years, 20 years down That's the road? That's a long time, girl. <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> I see it everywhere, all over the world. But, no, I want to um, eventually expand into more. I want to grow my women's collection. So I have a flat. Mm-hmm. So, like, the red shoe I showed you, that was the women's flat. And I have a black one like that. So expanding that into, you know, boots and heels. Uh, heels, maybe. A lot of women say, oh, make some heels. I want some heels. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but maybe uh, introducing some heels and stuff. And then I want to introduce suits and uh, accessories like ties and socks. And okay. just everything to be a one-stop shop and, you know, be able to get everything there for that. Um, and I also want to offer kids shoes. So the same shoes for the mother and the daughter and the same shoes for the father. Yeah, so awesome. Don't tell anybody that. We signed the non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the plan, and for sure, I want to like, eventually I'll start wholesaling shoes and stuff right. like that when the brand grows and I become stable with like my production and my sourcing and everything is like kind of like clockwork and uh, the quality is real, real, real good where I want it to be, and hopefully I'll be in Neiman's, Nordstrom, Barney, and just Saks and stuff yeah. like that, you know, the high end stuff. And of course, I want to open my own. I might open my own like showroom or something, something mm-hmm. small, but nothing like a lot of brick and mortars around the country because that's brick and mortars like really dying out so mm-hmm. I want to be a top top men's retailer one of the top men's retailers in the world so you know mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm take it there it, it so, takes time but it'll be there awesome that's really cool yeah it's a good goal yeah I'm excited <laughs> are you really I know what to do like, <laughs> yeah we'll be like we interviewed him <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to get some heels yeah you're gonna walk in and buy some heels no yeah. I'll get the flat like <laughs> I can't I can't wear heels <laughs> If they're um, under like an inch, I'll get them. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the gritty heels. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Just get a flat. Yeah, just get the flat. Oh, that's man. what that's what I would do. Uh, who would you say is a leader in your life who has inspired you? <laughs> My mom. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and she's not here anymore. So I mean, but anyway, other than that, it's just just me. You know, mm-hmm. I really I really don't. I set my own trends and set mm-hmm. my own like path and I don't really follow behind anybody that right. is doing something. Of course there are people that that I, I look at I'm like, oh he's cool. I was like Steve Harvey or something like that. Like mm-hmm. he's a cool guy and what he's doing is real cool and, and we can relate coming from similar backgrounds. And actually one of the producers from the Steve Harvey show reached out to me about my story too. So my story's been up there floating around. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. But um if I got on that show I would like probably cry. Because that was that was a big goal of my mom mm-hmm. and uh, she wanted to see me get on the show so you talked a lot about your mom. Can you tell us That's about it. her? That's all it is. Everything okay. about my mom. Yeah, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. I've read that a lot in a lot of your bios and yeah. stuff. So can you tell tell us about your mom? What's your mom's name? What was oh, your mom's Gloria. name? Gloria. Gloria. Yeah, okay. her name is Gloria. Um, her birthday's coming up actually, oh. November twenty twenty third. She she promoted this November twenty sixth, but it's November twenty third. <laughs> I don't know why, but but yeah, my mom. You know, she she was she died. She was like fifty two, fifty three. She was mm-hmm. young when she died. Uh, but yeah, you know, she took care of me, raised me made me who I am today and uh, helped me start the company mm-hmm. um, yeah you know she had I got a couple uncles she had three brothers they're not really that that cool I'm not too close with them at all 
uh, but you know she she worked hard mm-hmm. you know, to make me to so I could have a better life you know right. now so yeah I really appreciate everything she put me through and uh, all the, the spanking she gave me <laughs> and all the lessons she taught me and stuff like yeah. that um, yeah because she sacrificed a whole lot for me right. yeah so just to get through college and you know had, try to make sure I had everything I wanted and stuff like that and then just thinking back like dang you know not knowing how they made that happen because i'm sure y'all can relate with y'all's parents y'all ask for something and they're like they don't use like dang it cost this much or this how right. much bills cost or this how much mortgage was and y'all were paying for all this and that it's like dang how are y'all doing that so mm-hmm. i really uh, appreciate her for all that stuff she did and <clears throat> yeah and I, I didn't even know a lot of stuff she kept a lot of stuff away from me like when she she had gone bankrupt before mm-hmm. and a lot of different things she was like sick and just dealing with a lot of stuff but she never really told me all that so it's kind of crazy i wish i knew more about like life and everything she was going through so I could kind of understand I guess. Right. but yeah because my, my goal was always to like get her out of hell and then you know have her come live with me in a big house you know buy this car that car whatever <laughs> you know we take a trip whatever right. you work in the office at the at, at my at my at my office you work in the front desk or whatever and we just <laughs> talk and chill so you know we're like my best that's my best friend so hmm. yeah she's a cool lady she real sounds cool like lady. an amazing person she was a real yeah. cool lady she was goofy too <laughs> she's a real cool lady so. <laughs> Everybody loves Gloria. Um, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know she's like the main motivation for yeah, that's your it. success and everything. That's so it. That's it. Yeah. Until the day I die, too. That's it. That's wow. awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Eric, and, and sharing your story with our, our audience and hopefully our many, our, our large audience. Yes. <laughs> we're going to have everybody listen. We are firm. We're going to have everybody. Oh, on campus yay. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. going to be like big. It's going to be like global. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're ready for that.